Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the L-E-G-I-O-N P-O-D-C-A-S-T. I'm Murray, and this week I am an agent of glasses, getting looks and seeing stuff everywhere. Seriously. <laughs> I have been firing the gas kiln for, like, years, like, eight years, nine years, maybe 10 years. Like, it's been a long time. And one of the things you have to do is you have to, like, pull out the little peeps and stare into the gas kiln, and you have to see if the the cones, the little, they're like little triangles, whether they're, like, bending over. And once they bent over to a certain point, you know that your kiln is hot enough and you can shut it off. Mm -hmm. But you're looking inside this oven, and it's, like, 2,000 degrees hot and it's like orange and it's flamey and and i can never see anything because because it's it's hot and the the flames are like shooting out and normally like we wear sunglasses we put on sunglasses so we can kind of look in and the orange all turns kind of green or whatever but the sunglasses at the workshop are like old and scratchy and fuzzy and gross so i just Uh i can never see in and i just figure that's my role to just look pretty and not be able to see the stuff and just nod when someone else says, yeah, I think it's halfway down and I'll just go, yeah, I take your word for it. However, today I decided I, I tried using the sunglasses and of course they were brutal, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to grab my sunglasses from the car because they're not scratched up nearly as badly. Yeah. (laughs) And I put them on. And I looked in, and because they're prescription sunglasses, suddenly everything was clear. I could, like, see stuff. It was amazing. That's <laughs> I awesome. Can see. It's a miracle. I, it totally. It's, like, only taken me eight years to realize, oh, glasses are good for <laughs> picking out details and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was like mind blowing. I always figured it was just like the flames in the kiln and like all the air and the gas kind of floating around that made it all fuzzy looking. No, it was my eyes that made it all fuzzy looking. And that's when they grow on people. Glasses can help you see stuff. <laughs> that's <Yes>. right. <laughs> Glasses help. You've discovered that here now. <laughs> that's right. That is right. Glasses are not just a fashion statement they actually do have a purpose <laughs> so there you go that's me very nice well wow. and they work <laughs> that is amazing and uh and and you would need the uh the sunglasses today because it was a very sunny day as we have yes. uh um uh transitioned into spring and um, and uh, but I have a caveat as I am the chief skeptic of spring uh, snow <laughs> snow pile really is not gone. Uh-oh. Uh, and, no. Uh oh. Yeah. So I'll be waiting for that to melt and uh, uh, and then I will be satisfied with the uh, presence of spring. Yeah, because while it may have been sunny, it was bitter today <laughs> yeah most of the day yeah exactly it was still it seemed to be working on uh, melting some of the nonsense away though so that's a good thing um but uh, yes yeah. yeah, goodness pretty, that weather's pretty accurate all over because it was bright and sunny today but it was also cold oh so cold yeah I, I think al's got a different number in mind for that 
<laughs> it's like, not just due you to probably the had to. <laughs> it was about 18 degrees. Wow, that is cold. Yeah, for us it is. Yeah. <laughs> for us that means yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. For us, it's like that's that's pretty good. That's like a nice spring day. I would take 18 right now. <laughs> I take that I, now. It's colder now. Yeah. 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 It's dark out. But yeah, it was like that today. Man. I guess it's on rough. me now. Yeah, I guess it mm-hmm. is. I am Al, and this week I was the chief tester of snacks, sampling numerous appetizers, calories, non existent at this size. <laughs> I like the silent K. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's subtle, but if you pay attention, you can actually hear it. Tell yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's what they call a nuance. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's not subtle. It's subtle. Oh yes, thank <laughs> you. God, it was right there. <laughs> but yeah, we had a quick twenty-five hour trip to Universal the last since yesterday. Really? Got there at 2 o'clock yesterday. We left at 3 o'clock today. <laughs> you Back almost to... never get there. I know. It's oh, it's impossible. <laughs> I swear. It's, since February. It's been that long. And how is Universal in March as opposed to February? Oh, it just means Mardi Gras still going on, so we can have all the rest of the Mardi Gras snacks that we didn't have a chance to have last time. Mm. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Very nice. And so... Maybe a little warm. I don't know. Actually, it was warmer last time, ironically enough. Yeah. But yeah, we had a whole bunch of snacks from the different section of countries, including what's it? We had the shrimp ceviche from Mexico. Oh, nice. Potato pancakes from Germany. And what was that thing called? It was from Japan. Where are they? There we are. Uh, Nukamani bun sampler. Ooh. Yeah, a trio of soft, fluffy steam buns filled with oh. chusu pork. One of chicken and one with sweet coconut matcha custard. Really? That, that's very interesting. Yeah, they were tasty. Yeah. Telling you, these steam buns, they are great. They were very good. I enjoyed them. And among other things. So we had a lot of stuff, enjoyed the parade. So it was a lot of, it was worth going to. Very nice. Excellent. I did it right. I think I just sent you a picture of the buns. Yeah. Wait, let me check for a picture of Val's buns. <laughs> you're gonna get. You're gonna get us an explicit <laughs> rating. <laughs> oh, that's neat. Yeah. yeah. I didn't expect the. Co- oh, wow. Yeah. Tell me about it. That is cool. Yeah, they go all up for Mardi Gras, so it was it was worth going to again. I didn't realize they did that there. That's really cool. Oh yeah, because yeah, I was thinking like that, right? Mardi Mardi Gras this time of year, but this is the time of year. Yep, uh, they just have it for a long time. <laughs> they have it like mid February to like April seventh or something. That is excellent. That is like they're saying they're saying, you know, we're basically well, we're we're done with uh, Chinese New Year. So what do we have? Well, Mardi Gras in uh, in March. Eh, Let's just ride it from now through April. Hell yeah. I'm surprised I haven't figured out something to have from April until September when Halloween Horror Night starts. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. 
I suppose then though they're not really they they don't need to draw people out as much as you know people just show up. <laughs> yeah, because it's summer. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, our kids are off of school and they're driving us nuts. We're willing to say we're willing to spend five thousand dollars for one week of stuff. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cheaper than Disney. Not cheap. But no. cheaper, you know, it's it's one arm as opposed to, you know, it's one limb as opposed to two limbs and three vital organs. Well, we were going to go when we were in Florida, but it was like we, we, we by the time we, you know, got through to the OK, so we're like fifteen hundred dollars in before we've done anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's for one day. You're almost better off getting the like going for a couple of days and buying a pass. Exactly. I mean, it's not cheap, but it works out better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, another time, perhaps. Well, let but me if I don't, do it. We already, might need, maybe we'll meet you up there. Well, that we would have be the cool. Pass. It's yes. not like we don't go plenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd be walking along. Everybody like, oh, <laughs> he's the Hi, norm guys, of back. Universal Studios. That's right. <laughs> we need a stool. Yeah. <laughs> one, one that the one that has like a, a carrying strap so you can just kind of like you know drop it down where you need it ah, exactly beautiful there you go. That sounds, i need to get one of those actually That's <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound so bad right <laughs> no. hold on you guys do this issue i gotta look up stuff on amazon yeah yeah exactly <laughs> good grief all righty. Well, that brings us to Rebels issue six, which has a very like uh, heavy metal type cover going on there. Yeah, this star was kind of again. He's kind of badass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that the star that he's wearing has got like the eye kind of like right in the center, just center of his chest, staring out at everybody. Well, it's like clinging to his gray muscly body there yeah and i like the i like the sort of more muted color palette on this cover as well Mm -hmm. um and it and but yeah you're right like that that pink and sort of oh you know the 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 blood stripes uh as it were um it really is in great contrast against the uh you know, the sort of blue gray of him and uh yeah, yeah. the chain metal and the gray yeah. and the dominators and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a really well done cover. Yeah. Colors are great, composition is great. And this is uh our, our boy Calvin Andrasovsky again. Yes it is. He's Woo-hoo. really uh he's really kicking butt on these covers. And totally. I just realized something else on the Starro. Look at it close if you can close up. It's not just like stuck on your face like Star Wars traditionally are. Those are like little spikes digging into it. Oh, and look means. at the look at because you can see like that little bit all over him. I'm like, why is that supposed to like is it just colors pieces of stars? No, it's like in and out under his skin. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like getting into the veins. Yeah, it's like the star yeah. was on him, but then it's like wrapped inside and like bits of it are coming out and his like where he's like his skin's ripped open, like yeah. there are star pieces of star are coming out. Oh man. oh man! Oh my gosh! Yes, like on his arms. Then. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These tendrils kind of flowing. Oh my god! That's cool. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It literally is a parasite. Yeah. 
Oh, you're you're right. This is very metal. <laughs> that is a very '80s metal cover. I mean, yes, I got a. Oh my god, that's like a. That's like the, that's like the cover of like that's like the album they use from the gate to make you know open the portal to hell. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So we got. Uh, who's doing it? Is it me? I think it is. I think yeah, Paul went last time, and I think yeah, I, I went last time. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. So we open up, and under that beautiful Andrusovsky cover, we get. Lots of greens, lots of greens and blues as the Dominators are uh, in their little Dominator pods. This is kind of a cool look for the Dominators. They've got, like, um, some of them are in, like, little robot body kind of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Others are wearing, like, they've got, like, Cold State Ombe really did, like, some cool design work here, giving them all sorts of like really cool things <laughs> to be yeah. in lots of tools and stuff anyway we get a caption box that says with due respect to the warlords of okara and the weaponers of cord the dominators produce military technology that is second to none and we are seeing that for sure their transphasic cannons turn solids to liquids with horrific results. And their bio bullets unleash synthetic predigens that kill anything in reach and then dissipate like mist. The issue for the dominators is not the quality of their ordnance, but of their command and control. And we've got a dominator saying, no surrender, no retreat. Oh, it's like Corey Hart. <laughs> if Corey Hart were Dominator. can <laughs> never surrender. That's right. All righty. I'm sure I would love it if there were like a Dominator wearing sunglasses somewhere in here. I'm going to keep my eyes out. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. Recent changes in military doctrine placed upon place great stress upon their rigid caste system. And we flip the page, and we continue to see the Dominators just going full-out assault against the Starro. The Starros. All the Starros, kind of all over the page. How the Dominators adapt and evolve as a culture will determine their future military outcomes. This is from Vega Defense Weekly, <laughs> giving okay. us a play-by-play -play analysis of the Dominators. <laughs> And they are not doing too well, it looks like, against uh, yeah. Starro. Who is, we're getting the Captain Starro there, main Starro, who is saying, yes, fight, hit me with everything you have. And this is by Tony Bedard, writer, Claude St. Obez, the penciler, Scott Hanna is on inks, Jose Villarubia, colorist, Swans is the letterer, Rex Ogle, assistant editor, and Brian Cunningham is editor-editor. <laughs> Alrighty. We get the next page and we get like a close up of Main Starro, Captain Starro, the Starro leader. Your weapons are wondrous, but then so are mine. This is my gift to you, my five armed embrace. And we see from space 
it looks like a giant star. What we're used to seeing or thinking of as a star is kind of being, lots of them are being dropped down upon the planet. And the fleet admiral is telling everyone to fall back. That creature in the sky is number one on the threat menagerie. We thermonuke it now or the homeworld is lost. And each giant starro is shooting out little tiny baby starro spores from, from its tentacles. It's frightening. Frightening. And each, each little baby starro is like smashing through the biospheres of the dominators and uh, impacting right on their face, kind of like digging their little uh, star bits into their faces. Don't let them touch you. Imperial Guard, this is Admiral, this is the Admirable, Admiral of Xylon Fleet. Respond, evacuate the Emperor, arm the city atomics now. Admiral, our cannons are Admiral, and bit by bit the Dominators are being taken over by the Staros, one yeah. by one by one by one, until there's just one little guy left saying, is anyone listening? Respond. And there's not many that can respond. Why did none of you answer? Why haven't you armed the city? Nukes. Only the emperor has the codes and he, he, move aside. And we see the emperor has been starfied. It won't come off, Admiral. Don't just stand there. Free him. And that's <laughs> <laughs> great. He does. He takes his uh, little laser gun and shoots him in the head. Done. <laughs> and that eliminates the Starro problem and also <laughs> causes a chain of command issue, apparently. Oh, well. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Get off-world any way you can. Without nukes, we don't stand a chance. And so, Dominators, they're not having any luck. We go out into space faster than light propulsion, and we... Uh, does that say crossed? Cross-reference. No, cross-reference. Yeah. Cross-reference. The hyperdrive, jump drive, warp. Possession of superaluminal technology is a marker of advanced civilization. Even though 43% of spacefaring cultures stole their FTI from other species. Encyclopedia <laughs> Galactica. So inside that ship, we have the Rebels. One question before you blow my head off, Amon Hack, says Vrildox. Did you really expect to collect a bounty from a giant starfish? <laughs> and Amon Hack says, your girl computer hired me. She put the price on your head. I had no idea she answered to a starro. It was never about money anyway. And Doc says, you hoped that turning me in would restore your reputation back on Kundia. What? did he do to offend his people asks uh what's his name bouncer bounder bounder yes <laughs> the kund cherished combat and chaos legion imposed peace and quiet amon hack used to work for me and amon hack says a battle lord in my home province used my image in a campaign commercial he called me a seller for enlisting in legion he made me a symbol of weakness and corruption he won a seat on the war council. I can't go home without getting shot. And he is none too happy about that. <laughs> As evidenced by the spittle coming out. That's right. He's just he's having a rough time there. Uh, a little alarm goes off and the coon says, what's that? 
And Strata tells us it is a sector-wide emergency transmission. The Dominator homeworld has been invaded. Hmm. This message is looping on a public warning frequency. Bounder says to put it on the screen, and then we get one of the Dominators saying, repeat, the planet is overrun by the Stark creatures, but they are led by a lone humanoid. The Emperor and ruling caste were among the first to fall. I escaped in an interceptor. And Doc says, first Maltus, now the Dominion. The Kunder next. I'm on hack, unless someone very clever saves them. I'm referring to myself, by the way, in case you do not. And we flip the page. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Says Am on hack as he walks away and uh, takes his gun <laughs> off of Doc's head. <laughs> he just kind of gives up and sits down in a chair, all slumped, his hand on his forehead. He's just worried if you put another hole in Doc's head, all he'll do is find a way to talk through it. <laughs> That's right. <Probably>. Totally. <laughs> And Stratus says, if it's any consolation hack, I wanted to kill him too. I hate him so much. I can't think straight. And Docs just says, yeah, I kept that a lot. <laughs> 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 and uh, Avon Hack is sitting there and something kind of schlump slurps beside him and a... A blob kind of oozes up and says, for the record, Amon Hack, I would not have allowed you to shoot him. And we see it's CG, the little Durlin girl. CG? But if you were my air tank, how the sprock did I breathe? <laughs> oh, that's cool. I didn't realize she was his yeah. tank. That's exactly it. She was the little yellow air tank on him and just kind of slurped off there. Derlins meld their bodies together by the hundreds to form fully functional interstellar link ships. I expect outgassing oxygen was no big challenge for your partner. Your partner now too, says CG. If the Dominator spoke truth, we're all going to need each other. Even if he lied, says Strata, that message is out there, uncoded across the entire sector. Thinking the powers that be on a hundred different planets are starting to panic right about now. And on Kundia, seat of the Kund Empire, the most bellicose culture in the spiral arm. Uh, one of the leaders is saying, I want every battle wagon and ripper ship en route to the Dominion immediately. If those snaggletooth weaklings have fallen, the Kund will, have, will pick up the pieces. And on the Citadel, we get uh, the Citadelians saying, well, and Encyclopedia Galactica tells us that they are an empire in decline. The Citadel remains a major military force. His world gets invaded and the coward runs away. And the Gildishpan are having their little telepathic thoughts. They are the methane seas of this frozen world, spawned an aquatic race of conquerors. The star must not defile Mother Ocean. Assemble the warp weavers. And on the planet Door, oh, which is the planet of what's his name, Kanjar Ro. Mm -hmm. Despite oh. several coup attempts, dictator Kanjar Ro clings to power in the Antari system's most repressive kleptocracy. Hmm. And Kanjar Ro is sitting in his throne. 
Uh, and he's saying, I smell opportunity. <laughs> so the whole galaxy is uh, pondering what to do with this. We go to Emana Branks, home of the Bestial Branks, former shock troops of the Citadel. What the big brains say? Huh? They're clearly not. Uh, <laughs> they're not yeah. overly concerned. It is not them. Yeah. There's no. Can't think. Eating. <laughs> That's right. Totally. <laughs> and then we go to Kalu, an advanced culture, still redefining itself since Real Docs overthrew its computer tyrants. It's incongruent with previous Starro incursions. We forecast spectator-wide infestation in 23 days. And on Durla, the xenophobic Durlins are ruled by a subterranean shadow council. That shadow council um, looks a lot like the traditional Durlins with the tentacles and the hoods. Still no word from Agent CG. She has failed to retrieve docs. And then we're out in space and Wildstar uh, from Starhaven is flying along with Silica, the little sentient supercomputer from uh, Legion, who is currently offline. Doc, slow down, says Wildstar. I cannot board the ship at these speeds. We'll drop out of hyperspace, but hurry inside. It isn't safe. And CG says your central computer, I presume, not much left of it. Nevertheless, Silica can help us contain the invasion. And as Wildstar enters, she says, why is the Durlin aboard our ship? <laughs> Strange bedfellows. I'll explain later. Just let Silica down. Uh, if, I can if it can reboot, can you take back control over your robot armada? Depends how badly damaged she is, says Docs, as he kind of presses inside the gloop. And there's a little ping. Hmm. And Silica starts to wake up. Uh, Vril, my love, I knew you would save me. I can't seem to get up. <laughs> <laughs> Wildstar is saying, my love, your mobility is irrelevant, Silica. All that matters is that you order every Legion unit on every client world to deactivate now. I'm sorry. Command functions wiped. Cannot access Legion net. Wonderful. So I rescued her for nothing, says Wildstar. I didn't say that, says Docs. Even shut out of the network, Scylla can still broadcast directly to each Peacekeeper one command that overrides all others. It was intended as a last-ditch defense if my client worlds were overrun. But we'll need a subspace transmitter that can blanket the sector. And CG says, I know where one is. Gordanian, heavily guarded. As it happens, firepower is the one thing I have in abundance. So we're continuing our tour here of the uh, DC universe, and we go to Relay Station Kral, where we see the Gordanians are... <coughs> Blasting against, well, we're not sure yet. Broadcast yeah. node 23 in the Gordanian subspace telecom network. Who are these people? The ones that hit the Dominators? And they're kind of being shot down. You should be so lucky, says Amon Hack, and we see that it is the rebels. They come up and down. All of them taking the fight to the, to the uh, Gordanians. Yeah. 
help the guards out front. Don't or give me enough time to launch the. And then we see. Uh, oh, what's his name? The Validus wannabe. The uh, Tribulus. Tribulus. Yeah. Tribulus. Yeah. He grabs a ship or something. The escape pod. It kind of tears it and crumples it into pieces. <laughs> <clears throat> so on model, yep. On model, yep. The uh, Gordanian guy will not be running away anywhere. And on Maltus, we see a whole bunch of the population all starrowed out, all the starrows on their faces or chests or both. Formerly Legion headquarters, now ground zero of an intergalactic invasion. So peaceful, so complete. If the rest of this benighted galaxy experienced such bliss, even for a moment, they would greet us with open arms. Perhaps they would, says uh, the main star. Where would be the sport in that? When my new dominators are ready to deploy, you will lead them against the Kuhn fleet. I shall remain and establish our headquarters here. Storm Daughter prepared the way well. This robot army she commandeered already holds down much of the sector. And we see Stormbringer, and she says, and yet in spite of that, I have failed. I had him, Master. I had Vrildox in my grasp, but I let him slip away, and she's mm. kind of kneeling at his feet. And uh, the Starro's second in command, I guess. He's yeah. one man, Storm Daughter. How much damage can he do? And <laughs> speak of the devil... The real docs has a little holographic face that pops up in the middle of Maltus. <laughs> what is this? Planetary address system, says Stormbreaker. It should not be active. However, it is, and real mm -hmm. docs starts talking. I must admit, I'm impressed. You don't play by the usual Starro rules, but I'll sort you out in due time. And uh, the Starro says, if you've reconsidered joining us, the offer is withdrawn. <laughs> no, I just want to tell you that you've made a very bad mistake. Um, Docs is doing something and, and Silica is kind of sending that message out. There's a giant zwee, some noise going through the, the airwaves there. You picked the wrong galaxy to sprock with. Say goodbye to your toy soldiers. Says Docs. Storm Daughter. Stand down, I command you. And the uh, Legion robot officers, uh, their eyes light up. It's called the Iron Curtain Protocol, says Docs. It was meant to keep enemies out, but it will keep you fenced in. And the, the Legion robot army kind of stands up and flies off <laughs> right now on every planet with a legion contract my peacekeeper units are abandoning their posts they will no longer follow your orders only one imperative drives them now a dormant command i hardwired into their system all 10 million of them they're taking up equidistant positions forming a closed perimeter around maltus and the dominator homeworld each peacekeeper has a force shield emitter with enough range to overlap and link up. I'm sure you're familiar with the concept of a shield wall, but you may not know that my father invented the strongest force fields in the universe back when I assisted him. I've sealed off our little corner of space, Starro. Prepared the battlefield, if you will. And Starro just kind of growls and says, you really have no idea what an enemy you've just made. 
no idea. And he slams his giant axe on the ground with a Cthulhu. And Doc says, you could just go home. The subspace rift through which you arrived is within our invisible box. But what you will not be able to do is slip one little starfish past my sentries. Doc's out. <laughs> and uh, Silica says, Doc's did it, or Vril, did it work? Did I do good? You did fine, Silica. Self-destruct in 10 seconds. Oh. <laughs> that is right on point. Yeah. For you, wow. my love. And she blows up and takes the whole station with her. Looks like you made that big guy angry. Exactly. And angry people make mistakes. Our chances of success just went from zero to about 7%. We're going to need more help if we expect to improve those odds. And we see what has been, we see what rebels are right now. So we've got Wildstar and Amon Hack. We've got Tribulus and Strata and Bounder. And nice. Maybe CG. A, who knows? Oh yeah, could she's probably around there too. Could be a yeah. button. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm sure she's somewhere. Totally. Yes, that brings us to the end of this issue. This was a good one. Yeah. It, it's been a solid series. Like yeah, it just yeah. Yeah, Bedard. Besides paying attention to all the different alien races that have been around over the years, because I mean, there's so many of them he's using. Yeah. I, he must have been a fan of the Baxter run because all that stuff that Levitz would always do, like, you know, the little encyclopedia things or whatever to show you, that's this here. That's where we are now. I mean, he's definitely going with that whole thing. Oh, yeah. 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 He brings in a lot of the, that stuff that he's, you know, that has been part of what he's done in the past. And, uh, and yeah, he's definitely a fan. Yeah. Yeah, the one weird thing is this whole silica my love thing. I mean, because it's she's blown up now, so I'm not sure we're gonna get more of that. But what the hell is up with that? Well, you know. I mean, the only thing I can think of is, well, it's not like doxes are you know not known for making sex robots. I was yeah. just gonna say that's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> There's precedent. <laughs> or future, what's future precedent? <laughs> I think we need to get Michael on that one. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll have been going to have better presence. Exactly. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. So that is it. I don't get a letter column, but uh, no. I think this is the era when letter columns were out at DC. Yeah, they they brought them back briefly for a bit in some books, but then, yeah. then not so much. Nope, it's all fun. good. It was fun. It was, it was. Indeed. Well, cool. And, um, yeah, as usual, the art's on point. And, uh, yeah, you really, you, you know, and, I, and and again, like, we, you know, we talked a bit about the, uh, you know, before we started the series about these sort of the context in, uh, in um, the DC Universe at the time. And, um it was a strange time, you know, it was a strange time of, uh, of, you know, big characters being gone for a bit. And, yes. um, yeah. So, you know, we had, uh, just, uh, you know, come out of the book that shall not be named. Um, and, um, <laughs> um, you know, there was, 
like I guess we were just starting to get um, you know um, the the Levitt's Legion again. Like it would have been around that time, maybe just a bit before it. So yeah, I think it might be. Yeah. Yeah, because I just remember we had uh, Tony on the other show around episode like forty-five or something like that. And, yes, um, very, very early. You know, it yeah. was it was early on. He was our first interview. Uh, might have even been thirty-eight. I don't know why that sticks in my head. Um, but uh, but at any rate, um, you know, it, it, it's it, you know, so the and so the book, you, you know, it was a good stretch into that book by that point. And, um, you know, this seems very much sort of building back to what was, but in an, a new way, which is kind of a hallmark for a lot of what they were doing was like, how do we do that again, but with something slightly different? And, uh, you know, so to have this team where, where, you know, there's a lot, a lot more people with, uh, with sort of old school Legion heritage. You know, where that whether they're um, similar to a character like Tribulus is to 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 Validus um, mm-hmm. or, you know, an outright, you know, sort of call out to a. It's to a character or, you know, they're they're a, a legion race like a Derlin or a, yeah. a or a Kund and, uh, you know, all these things, you know, it is them kind of. Uh, you know, building into the uh, into the uh, you know what this is, and you recognize it even if you aren't a hundred percent sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and you're right because I just looked up on uh, Mike's Amazing World, like the newsstand where you could see like what else was out that cover month. Yeah. So the same ish- month as this issue, uh, I'm seeing like the Superman books are a hole in the whole new Krypton story, which means yeah, it's Monel as the super in the Superman title with like several legionnaires hidden in there helping him out right yes that's right element lad the uh geographer or the chemistry teacher and uh matter yeah. lad as the uh, deli owner <laughs> yes exactly and uh <laughs> next month adventure comics starts up again with issue one so okay. that's the run with uh the main story was the uh connor kent superboy and the backups would be the legion you know, That's right. Yeah. Movie. So it was when we had, yeah, when we had the uh, Jeff Johns, Mike Shoemaker, uh, Clayton Henry Legion. Yep. And um, and yeah, it was the and Superboy was um, that was uh, uh, Francis Manipal on art yeah. and yep. uh, and Johns, yeah. And uh, and then of course uh, they would leave that to do uh, to do Flash. Mm-hmm. Not long after. Yeah. Wow. We're, yeah. We're so so good. it's it's. Before Black, it's just before Blackest Night, or? Well, let's see. Hold on, let me go back to. There are ads in the book here for Blackest Night. Okay, so it was coming. Blackest Night number one came out the same month as this issue of Rebels. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, because we're going to get a Blackest Night crossover within several issues. Yeah, which makes sense. But yeah, I see Blackest Night and then variant A, B, C, D, E, F. No, only up to E. Wow, that's it? Weird. <laughs> I mean, it's like they're not even trying. Yeah, what's wrong? <laughs> well, speaking of variants, folks, um, there, there are various ways that you can tell us what you think about, oh. the, about these issues. <laughs> 
And uh, you can uh, you can uh, email us at uh, Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can uh, talk about it on the Facebook group, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. And um, in addition to all that, you can head over to our website, which is legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. Right on. And that brings us to the end of this issue and the end of this podcast. We will see you all next T-I-M-E. L-A-T-E-R. L-A-A-G-O-E-D-E. T-I-J-D-E-N. K-O-M-E-N. Is, is that Danish or Finnish? <laughs> One of the two. I think they're the same okay. thing. I'm not sure. Or Dutch. <laughs> it's one of those. Well, yeah, <laughs> I tell you. If you yeah. Ooh, Definitely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Lots of vowels jammed in together. <laughs> you know, lo- looks like it comes out of the name of uh, of of a Thor character. Okay. <laughs> totally. Totally.